Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Galit Speaks. I'm super excited to introduce our guest today, Tasha Elizabeth. Uh, her mom was born in Prague and wanted to give her a Czech-inspired name, so it's actually spelled T-A-S-A. -A. Um, she's a native Coloradan, um, recently and purposefully transplanted into OKC, Oklahoma, married for nine years and has an eight-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl. She's currently a stay-at-home mom helping run her small businesses. Uh, she also previously spent 13 years in the oil and gas industry, spending most of her career in one of the most sought-after positions. For the past three years, she's been working on stepping into her new desired identity. Thank you so much for being here, Tasha. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited because um, we get to talk about some of my favorite topics. Um, the first is my favorite because I identify with it so much, not because it's a, it's a happy topic, um, but I understand you had a very... Uh, a very difficult childhood. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you went through? Yeah, sure. Well, looking back on it, I actually grew up in a very lucky situation because I grew up on 10 acres in the mountains. I had a little brother. Um, so he and I, uh, we were our partners in crime. We were kind of looked after by our great grandfather while my mom worked every single, you know, five days a week. Um, so she wasn't really home a lot. And my stepdad, he kind of wasn't really home. He'd kind of pop in and out. Um, so we kind of had free reign of the place and we didn't have toys. Um, we only had five TV channels. So that forced us outside. So we had our bikes and our dogs in the mountains. So that actually, I feel really privileged to have grown up that way. Um, uh, but in hindsight, uh, yeah, the difficult part of, of it, and when you're a child, you don't really recognize it. But looking back, <clears throat> I had, my, my mom had many relationships. And luckily for me, my primary younger years, uh, for 10 years of my life, I had a stepdad. And he was great. He taught me a lot. But um, in 2019, he passed away. And right up in, in that last year of his um, health problems, we come to find out that, you know, he had been a drug dealer his whole life. Wow. <laughs> and I don't know if my mom knew that or not. I mean, I would assume she did. Um, and just thinking back on that, just se seems so scary to have been living in a house where people are coming and going. And if for those types of, you know, reasons. <laughs> um, and so that part of it didn't really become difficult until later on in life when I learned about it. Um, and the unfortunate part about people coming and going too is a lot of them were not good people. Um, there was a lot of police activity um, with not necessarily my my mom or my dad, but just people that they knew. <clears throat> um, but the more the more dramatic part of 
my childhood and more so as actually a teenager is um, when my mom uh, and my stepdad got divorced. And I was about, I want to say 14 when that started happening. And um, my mom ran into an old friend and they hit it off. And he turned out to be a pretty rough guy. Um, he he toted around a sawed-off shotgun around his um, crossbody. Um, he he uh, broke into hostess trucks and stole things, and he was a criminal. Yeah. And it wasn't what well, what's unfortunate about it is. Obviously, we, me and my brother were um, subjected to that situation, um, but then my mom also became pregnant, and she had two more children, and uh, so I have a younger brother and sister that are 15 and 16 years younger than me, mm-hmm. and my brother, my brother, my closer brother and I ended up kind of raising them because my mom... Uh, you know, she had to work and the dad was kind of, you know, off in la la land. Um, my classification of domestic violence in my mom's situations was more so um, financial abuse, um, emotional abuse, and just this uh, sense of what would it be called? Like dominance, I guess, with these men. Um, My mom was really lucky because the house we we lived in um, was my great grandfather's house. And we, you know, we were all really lucky, but these men that she had in her life destroyed our property. Two times we had to clean up like hoarder type situations. Um, At one point our house was almost inhabitable. We couldn't take showers. We had to go to a friend's house to shower um, because, it's just destroyed. So I don't think many people have to go through those types of situations. And obviously everyone's um, upbringing is different, but that certainly made me, uh, shaped me the way I am today. Yeah. I think that when people hear domestic violence, they assume that it's going to be someone who beat you. Um, and that's not always the case, right? It's it's still very much abuse when it is emotional abuse and mental abuse and financial abuse. Um, it's some of the biggest, you know, ways of controlling. Yeah. Yeah, it was really unfortunate for my mom and her family or, or, or us as a family. Um, we filed bankruptcy. We were on Wix food stamps. Um, we, my mom got her car repoed. We almost lost our house. Uh, it was a tough time. And my mom was always my guiding light and she was a brilliant woman. She's, she did spend same as me a lot of time, um, of her career in oil and gas. And luckily she did got, get a really good job, um, in oil and gas once my younger siblings kind of were really young. And so she focused really really hard on her career at that point when she snagged that role. And luckily she was able to keep it for um, the rest of her life. Uh, I didn't mention, but my mom passed away in 2019 of stage four colon cancer. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. 
Thank you. I, it was a hard time for our whole family, um, more so for my younger siblings because they were they're so young. Yeah. And my stepdad, he passed away in the same year. So it's just a crazy year for all of us. Yeah. And uh, didn't help that 2020 was madness and has kind of continued the madness until now. Um, so your childhood being what it was, how did that shape you and make you want something different? And what were the things like you, you know, there are a lot of things in my childhood that because of them, I swore this would never happen or that would never happen. Or there's this red flag that as soon as I see it, I am jumping ship. What, what were your? Well, I mean, I saw how hard my mom struggled to provide for us. And I saw how close we came to losing everything. And so in my younger 20s, I worked. I worked my butt off. I didn't say no to anything because I didn't. I wanted to make money. I wanted to own a home. I wanted to be financially stable. And so that's what I did. Um, now, I can't, I'm not going to say that I regret that at all, but when I quit my job in 2019, I feel like all my hard work kind of like paid off and now I was able to give me this life now, which comes to my second subject, which is being able to spend time with my kids. Because um, I have really great memories with my mom. We did a lot of adventures like camping and hiking and riding bikes, and we did a lot of fun stuff, but she still wasn't really there. She was working a lot. And I wanted, I didn't want to be that, that to be the case for me with my kids. I wanted them to, I want to be present with them. Um, so that's, that's another big subject in my life. I'm kind of putting my career on hold to be with my family, which was tough because I'm such a go-getter and I'm very like, uh, oriented in like a structure. I, I do really well, like in a team environment. And so just how I mentioned that I'm kind of like building my new life or my changing my identity in a way, it very much so feels that way for me because I did like this huge um, 180. Yeah. So what made you want to leave, you know, your career in the oil and gas industries? Well, that that industry in particular is just it's a lot. It's a grind. It's 24 seven, seven days a week. You're working five days from 5 a.m. till 6 p.m. You're at your desk all day long. And on the weekends, you even have to work. It's it's just I had just done it for too long. And I had already missed three years of my son's life. And my husband kind of brought it to my attention. He's like, you're missing out on your son growing up. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm here. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And we wanted to grow our family, too. And so when I quit my job, um, well, we had been trying to have another child for several years. And when, literally when I quit my job two months later, um, we were blessed with um, getting pregnant with my daughter. Aww. 
So it, it, I feel like it was just a really stressful environment and that probably just took a big toll on my body. And I didn't know it. My husband really had to wake me up uh, to kind of like what I was putting myself through. Yeah. And it's not because I hated it or anything. I really enjoyed it. I was really good at it, but I, I was, I was working way too much. Yeah. So as a stay at home mother, what are the different things that you get to do with your kids or that you've, what are the different habits that you've created with them? Well, I would say that it's definitely been a privilege and a struggle for me. Um, privilege aspect obviously is every single day I'm with my daughter all day long. <laughs> um, right. Lately, she's been a wild animal because she's almost three. Um, but I get I have so many memories and so much time I've spent with her. I feel like her and I have just shaped each other. Um, and same with my son, you know, he's in school during the day, but I get to do school drop off and pick up and I do activities with him. I get to go on his field trips. Um, I, during the week, I take my daughter to gymnastics. So it's very much so like a huge privilege for me to be able to live this life with them. Yeah. And as far as the struggle is concerned, I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, to not have to wake up for somebody else and get like that I'm that I have to show up for to like do a job. It sounds weird. Like waking up for my kids, obviously that's a job, but it just, it hasn't clicked in my brain. So I've actually done several years of therapy and um, habit building um, even before I quit my job. And that's really helped me just like form habits to be able to basically build on my day and have something to wake up to other than just my kids. Um, you know, obviously I want to wake up for my kids. That's why I'm doing this, but it's just as weird. I don't think anyone would really understand it unless you're in, if, unless you're in it, quitting a job and becoming a, a full-time parent is just, it's, it's hard to figure out. Um, so I just started implementing small things like in the morning I make a matcha. And so I wake up looking forward to making my matcha. Um, and at night I do the dishes so that when I wake up in the morning, I'm not mad <laughs> that the dishes are in the sink. Um, so it's just small things really that help me, that have helped me build that structure that I'm so used to with walking into a job. Yeah. Yeah. How do you uh, how do you feel like your childhood has contributed to the way you do things now? Well, luckily for me, my stepdad was kind of he was raised on a farm. And so he he kept us in line. We we were taught how to clean, uh, you know, keep the house clean, do chores, sweep, dig ditches, you know, open our eyes and look around for things that need to be done. We had animals to take care of. Um, so I'm really privileged to have had like that um, guidance as a young kid and being able to bring that into my adult life. <laughs> and in all 
previous relationships um, until my husband. Uh, it's been a struggle being in a relationship with somebody that wasn't taught how to do the dishes, how to sweep the floor, how to clean the bathroom, all of these things that you would assume people should know how to do. But not everyone was had that guiding light to show them all of these <laughs> adult tasks, right? So yeah. before I had kids, I was very like OCD, house had to be clean. It was very much so like a part of me, um, just being that I grew up needing, my dad was like clean house or you don't get to do anything, right? Um, right. So once I had kids, I kind of had to drop that, drop that expectation yeah. and we'll lower, lower my expectation. Maybe sometimes drop it fully. <laughs> I had to lower my expectation. Um, but that certainly is something that's stuck with me my whole life is just, I guess maybe it too is like, I'm just worried about becoming like a hoarder, like a legit hoarder, like I've seen happen. <laughs> in my yeah. life. Um, and I think something, let's think about something else that might've um, stuck with me as a child. Well, I'm kind of like a worry, worry work type mom, like maybe a helicopter mom in a way, um, mm -hmm. just because I didn't have that in my mom. Um, and so like my kids aren't allowed to do like sleepovers and I don't let my son run around the neighborhood. And I don't know. I think that I'm really protective because I would, I just don't want anything bad to ever happen to my kids. And um, I, I, because I've seen it. And again, not everyone has the experience to unfortunately have to see things like that happen in their life. Yeah. Do you feel like you're, you worry more because you have seen some of the darker sides of, you know, what could happen to a kid and it causes you to, to go extra the other way? I mean, I feel like I do. I feel like I worry more, but I think it's more just being aware and cautious and not frivolous with these like precious lives that I'm in charge of. And things are just so much different this day and age too. You know, even from 30 years ago till now, I ran around the mountain all by myself. I could have been eaten by a mountain lion, a bear, or snatched by some like, I don't know, mountain man or something. But, um, I just don't want to leave something like that up to chance. Yeah. And um, you you said that you recently moved to um, Oklahoma. How how did that happen? And you said it was a purposeful move. So what, what went on there? Well, it, it was kind of like a series of events. Since I quit my job, we were conscious about finances, right? So, like, I sold my car and we cut down on things that we didn't need, like subscriptions and services, and we just kind of hunkered down. And then COVID hit, 
and everything started going crazy. <laughs> I've always been really um, into like real estate. So I've always kept a good eye on like our home value and everything. And for years I'd been looking at our home value and saying, wow, you know, the industry thinks my, our house is worth this much. That's amazing. Wouldn't it be so cool to sell it and make this money and move somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. Well, then it just became exponentially like, like greater all of, all in a matter of like one year because of just the real estate, especially in Colorado. So we just, my husband and I actually uh, renovated our kitchen during COVID all by ourselves. We ripped it, like gutted it to the, um, the drywall, did all new everything. And finally I had my dream kitchen. <laughs> and then my husband came home from a trip to Oklahoma because we became investors in a business out here in Oklahoma. And he says, do you want to move to Oklahoma? And he's like, we can, we, we can sell our house and we can make this much. And so I, first I was like, no way. Why would you move, want to move to Oklahoma? Like that sounds terrible. Um, but then I started, you know, doing the math and thinking about what our life could be like with more financial freedom. Yeah. And I started looking for the positive side of, you know, what could come out of us moving to Oklahoma. And I started looking at real estate in Oklahoma and the houses here are really nice. They're like castles compared to Colorado. It's just a different, um, they started growing it as communities at a more later time. So there's newer houses as right. opposed to Colorado was kind of like established more in the seventies. So there's a lot of seventies homes. They're all old and junky. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so we can make all this money. We can get a nicer house. And what else, what else is the benefit? And I think what sold me, and then this is funny, I Googled it, vegan food, Oklahoma City. <laughs> and there was a bunch of it. And I started looking at the menus. I'm like, wow, all of this sounds really good. And surprisingly, I was like, wow, there's a lot of vegan food in Oklahoma City. Like, okay, I'm in. So we just sent it. We sold everything. We sold our cars, our house, our commercial building, our business, everything. Yeah. So let me ask you, how long have you been vegan? Um, so I had this gradual transition to becoming vegan. Um, I've been solely vegan since 2018, but I started my journey in 2014. Um, it was just this catalyst of when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, the stage four colon cancer, um, I immediately just jumped on my, I got to help her. I got to figure out what can I do to help? So I, um, decided I was going to start meal prepping for her and delivering her food. And I was researching, well, what's the best food for my mom, which if she's got cancer. Right. And so I found like, oh, you should probably stick to organic food. So I'm like, oh, organic food. Okay. Do -do -do -do. And I start cooking her organic food. And I've already known a lot about food, I think, my whole life. Traditionally, my family was very, um, dinner time was our thing. 
we always had a really yummy home cooked meal for dinner. Um, and that was primarily designated by my great grandfather. We'd sit down at the dinner table. We'd have, you know, our main course, our salad, dessert. And so I've actually grew up cooking. Um, and I really have enjoyed it. I became kind of a foodie in my twenties. Um, and anyway, so I started cooking for my mom and I was sharing my findings with a friend who was living in London at the time. And she started sharing some of her findings with me because she was pescatarian and she was telling me about, um, what they, well, this is kind of what set me on my <laughs> vegan journey. Cause I probably would have just stuck with being or like eating organic food. But then my friend told me about what they do to baby chicks. And then I was like, oh crap, well now I can't eat poultry. And then I was like, oh, well I actually feel a lot better when I'm not eating poultry. Cause I've also always struggled with stomach aches my whole life since I was a kid. So I was like, hey, I feel better not eating poultry. And then I started watching documentaries. It was just this spiral, right? Like you, yeah. you open the can of worms and if you if you don't say no to it like you're going down mm -hmm. <laughs> um i watched several documentaries on um all of the platforms and by 2017 i ha had finally um, eliminated all meats from my diet um and i was still eating cheese and by 2018 i had eliminated cheese and 2018 and 2019, I felt really, really good. I think I was at my prime um, post, you know, because I had been postpartum about three or four years. So I had, you know, worked out and worked off my, my baby weight. I was feeling really, really great. And then um, I got pregnant again. <laughs> um, but actually, my pregnancy was really good. Vegan pregnancy was really good. Um, I did get a little bit of pushback from my you know, the health industry. Um, but I stuck with it and I did not have any problems whatsoever. And, um, till this day, my daughter, um, eats what I eat. And I just kind of have this philosophy that when she grows old enough to make her own decisions, she can decide what she wants to feed herself. And until then I'm not doing any harm because um, I still take her to her pediatrician and, um, you know, at her two-year-old um, appointment, they did a standard anemic um, blood test and her iron levels were normal. And so she's a, she's a been in the 90th percentile her whole life. Like she's, she's happy and healthy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's such a huge mis misconce misconception that uh, vegan diets are lacking in nutrients because I, I mean, I I'm also vegan and my, my journey was also kind of like a long drawn out process. Um, but for me, it was actually the dairy that went first. Oh yeah. Um, I was, uh, I'm allergic to dairy. Um, and so it started off as being lactose intolerant and then it turned into like a full-blown allergy. And once that happened, it was like very easy to just, 
Okay, quit all dairy. Um, mm -hmm. And then I just, because I kept getting sick at restaurants because uh, I started going to a lot of vegan restaurants and eating a lot of vegan food because anytime that I went to a restaurant vegan, they thought my allergy was like a preference or they didn't realize the different things have dairy in them. Um, and I ended up getting sick a lot at restaurants. And so I was just like, you know what, I'll just stick with like vegan products or stuff that I cook myself because I know that I'm not going to get sick. And then um, I met my husband and at that time I was only still eating really eggs. Um, and then I met my husband and, and he was vegan and he started showing me the documentaries and telling me about, you know, because we're vegan, he's vegan for the animals, um, not for health at all. Because <laughs> um, you could be a very not healthy vegan as well. <laughs> There's right. a lot of vegan junk food. Um, but he started, you know, showing me the documentaries and we started talking about, you know, the cognitive dissonance that you have when you are not vegan and love animals and saying you love animals, but then eating them. Uh, and that hit me really hard. And just even further for me, like consent is a huge thing for me. And the animal cannot consent to me taking from it um, at all. And so even like in the, you know, even in honey or dairy or things like that, like I won't touch um, because I just don't feel that it's right to take something that belongs to another li living being. Um, so it was kind of like a, a long drawn out process, but I actually uh, had, I actually have a heart condition. And one of the first things that my doctor and my naturopath said, they were like, do you like what, you know, how, what's your diet like? And I was like vegan. And they're like, that's good. Stay with the vegan diet because it's actually better for you. As long as you are doing it healthily and there's plenty of supplements and plenty of vitamins and even in vegan preg pregnancy, my friend just had a um, just had a baby recently, and she was fully vegan, and the baby is fully vegan. And again, they are like perfectly healthy. Everyone was fine. Um, I work with a vegan nutritionist, and you know, there are so many ways to get the protein, to get the vitamins, to get the nutrients that you don't have to. We don't have to take from animals. And I think that's like a very powerful thing to understand of like, you know, people say like, oh, you know, we need this because we we need it to live. But that's not true. You know, the animals get their protein from plants. And so can we. Yeah. Yes, I agree with everything you have to say. Um, one of my favorite actual actually audio books that really stuck with me over the last couple of years is fiber fueled because it's very much scientific doctor based fact based and a lot of the information in there is just like so eye-opening 
about, yeah, your cardiac, your cardiac um, responses to plants versus animal products um, and how just be just eliminating animal products and starting to eat plant plants only can um, build up plaque buildup in your heart. I forget the name for it, but I'm just like, why is this not like being shouted? Well, we all know why. <laughs> just because, uh, you know, pharma and the, the big pharma and all of the math culture, like everything. Ugh, I don't even want to go down yeah. that, that road, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, the dairy industries, the meat industries, they pay a lot of money so that you don't find out things. Um, the fishery, the fishing industry, like there's so there's so much, especially right now in fish that is so harmful with um, another thing that I'm very passionate about is, you know, protecting the ocean and ocean conservation. And we put so much plastic into the ocean that these microplastics are in just about every single fish and in, in large quantities. And so we're literally eating plastic when yeah. we eat fish. Um, and so there are so many, and with, you know, the, the farming industry, like they are being fed hormones and not, not even the type of thing that they would eat naturally. And so it's it's a very different kind of um, very different kind of meat that you're introducing into your body. It's actually not something that it's a lot of things that you don't want to have in your body. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. So it, it's really it's really interesting to see. Um, I think I watched this documentary called Game Changers. I think that's what it was called game changer game changers have you seen yeah. it mm -hmm. yeah so they were actually showing that they did blood tests when people when athletes would eat like a vegan diet versus a meat diet and you actually saw that their blood was like cloudier and yeah so thinking about that and having your body run as like this well-oiled machine it's really difficult to do so if you're not putting in the best ingredients. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. The game changer, that was actually a really good documentary. And my husband was actually really intrigued by a lot of the science that came up in that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the, like the last ones that I saw and I was like, Oh, I think I think that this is this is the way for me to go. And I was slowly moving there and I, I just got really lucky um, meeting someone who was already vegan because that helped tremendously. I, I can't tell you how how much easier it was for me to go vegan um, just because with vegan there there's a lot of substitutes. And so meeting someone who had been doing it for so many years and already knew what was good, what was not good, what tasted right, what didn't taste right. That was, that was a huge like switch for me. Cause I was immediately, I was like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, you yeah, you got lucky. I'm kind of on the on your husband's side. Like I've done all my R&D with <laughs> trying and I now I'm on this kind of mission to just kind of steer clear of most processed products whatsoever. Um I really have I really enjoy cooking so much so that I I like to create things from scratch. So I'll make um homemade seitan. I always have like a cashew cream sauce in my fridge. I like to make my own kraut. Um let's see what else I make. I I juice ginger and I keep it in my freezer so I can add it to like water or bubbly water or bubbly water with orange juice so I'm just getting that um the the benefit from the ginger every day when i'm hydrating uh i'm kind of obsessed <laughs> uh but i really love love cooking from scratch and but that being said yeah i've done all my r&d and i have friends here in oklahoma city that are kind of like starting out wanting to become plant based or get better at knowing what to do when becoming plant-based and I guess that's what we're calling it now plant-based that's okay um but there's so much out there now on the uh grocery store shelves that again aren't very good for you mm -hmm. and so one of my friends here um I kind of gave her like a list like okay this is what you if you're wanting to if you're going to want to do an overhaul of your kitchen your fridge and your pantry and your freezer this is what I think you should always have in stock so I gave her a list and then um, we talked about how to make things from scratch rather than going to the grocery store and buying these processed products. Now, I will say there's a good there's a good variety of things that are good for you. But the problem is you have to turn the product over and you have to read the label and you have to know what these ingredients are. Right now, for me, I'm staying away from pretty much all oils except for avocado and um, olive oil. Um, I'm staying away from pretty much any added ingredients like natural flavors, um, citric acid, anything I literally don't know what it is. If and But if I find a product that's got like seven, seven ingredients, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll buy this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely when you do it for health reasons it, it or when you do it in a healthy way, um, just like being healthy in general, right? You have to turn it over because whether it's plant-based or not plant-based, like if you can't read the ingredient, chances are it's not good for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think that's, so the way that you're doing it is um, amazing, but also super hard. <laughs> I feel like um, it's, I don't make everything from scratch. I try to make a lot of stuff from scratch. Um, but the other thing that I've gotten really good about is finding local like cottage kitchen vendors who oh, make yeah. things from scratch and then buying it from them. That's smart. Like, yeah. Because okay. So what state are you in? Because you have the cottage uh, law too. So you can buy from homemakers basically. Yeah. And I love it because then it, I get to support small businesses and eat healthy and stay true to, you know, my values. I'm in Arizona. Okay. So we have the cottage law here too. 
And a lot of it is just bakers. And I actually haven't really seen much vegan related um, here. And I've thought about it personally. Like, ooh, what can I do to share? Because I just love to share. I love to feed people. I love to um, make people feel welcome and just part of something. Yeah, so we have, um, so because Arizona has many, many days of sunshine and it's pretty much always good weather, we have farmer's markets that happen year round weekly. Um, And so a lot of the vendors come out to that. So I have a vendor for cashew cream cheese. I have a vendor for cashew milk. Um, I mean, I have this vendor that has like all all different um deli meats slash cheeses slash all all different other things there are some really cool like raw food vendors um bakers just just about anything that you can imagine so i'm like a big fan of that if somebody else can do it better then I would love to support them and help them live their dream and allow me to do what I do best and, and still be able to, to have the good stuff. That's awesome. Man, good find. I'm going to have to start keeping my eyes peeled. Yeah, I, I love it here. Um, and that was one of the, one of the great things um, because I used to live in New York. And so there was a lot of vegan stuff in New York um, and a lot of vegan food places. And that was one of the first things about Phoenix, Arizona, um, that really appealed to me is they did have a lot of vegan food and a lot of healthy food and and a lot of like vegan food in the supermarkets. Um, And that really appealed to me. So I totally get when you said like, I researched Oklahoma and saw they had vegan places and was like, yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so funny. We're kind of in the same boat. Yeah. It's, it, it's always amazing when you, when you go to somewhere that has all the vegan options or, um, I had an amazing time. I just, uh, this is my first time. So I'm Israeli and it was my first time going back to Israel as a vegan this past year. I just came back um, in March. I was there for almost a month. And that was like one of my favorite things because Tel is like the vegan capital of the world. And they have so much vegan food and things are so healthy. And just the way that they eat there, like going there um, and taking my husband there, we actually did change our eating habits coming back because we were so inspired by the different way that we could eat like just having lots of little plates of lots of salads and being able to have like an array of things rather than in america we're so used to like you have your vegetable and you have your starch and you've got your protein right like that's your plate Yep. But it doesn't have to be like that. You can have like five different salads and, and you know, have like a little protein and like it, it can be 
um, exciting rather than this kind of chore that you do every day. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I think that's like one of the, one of the things that I look for now on vacations is like, I need to make sure that I can find vegan food easily. Oh, absolutely. That's the first thing I'm looking for. (laughs) Where's the food? (laughs) (laughs) So as, um, so as a vegan parent, does, does your son also eat only vegan? No, he does not. Um, So my husband and my son are not vegan. Okay. But basically how it works in my house is I cook whatever I want to cook as our base. So I'll Mm -hmm. make sure it's kind of like a full full meal for everyone, right? And then my husband will add whatever he wants to it. And we've got to the point now where I, I'm actually not like, um, I don't have like sensory issues or anything. So like if somebody wants me to prepare meat for them, okay, fine, I'll do it. But my husband, he doesn't even like it either. Um, so we're to the point now where we just buy like pre-cooked and then he'll just like warm it up and add it to his food. And so my son's kind of the same way. And my son goes to public school and he eats lunch at school. And that's, I feel like that's something I'm building up and going to have to prepare for with my daughter is how I'm going to handle that. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I've kind of just been so relaxed with um, what he eats and he just kind of does whatever he wants. Besides, I still don't let him do um like food dyes, Gatorades, candies, stuff like that. I do have some control over that. Um, So that's how it works for us right now. I don't really see it changing with my husband, potentially my son as he gets older and I continue to spread my wisdom into his brain. (laughs) But I mean, it's just this fine line between like, I feel like if everyone could see what happens on these farms and in these slaughterhouses, nobody would eat meat. But I have not exposed my son to that um, vision that I haven't shown him any of the documentaries or anything like that yet. I just, I don't know when is an appropriate time, I guess. And maybe once he asks and wants to see it, because he knows, he we've talked about what happens to animals um, and that he's aware of what he's eating. But he just doesn't obviously have like the brain power to really put two and two together. Yeah. So I think that that time may come. It is a difficult uh, just thought in my mind as a parent, like, okay, how do I handle this? Like, do I scare the crap out of him or <laughs> do we go there? And so he can see it in real life. I don't know. Cause my little sister, um, she's the youngest in our family. Um, she is going to be 20 this year. She's eats, she doesn't eat vegan. Um, she's actually a really picky eater. So her diet's more like chicken nuggets and ranch dressing and Red Bull at this point in her life. 
unfortunately, as much as I try to tell her yeah. vegetables are important and not to drink Red Bull. Um, but she did 4-H as a kid. Um, that's one of the one things that my mom was able to do with the kids while she still, while she had cancer, she battled cancer for five years and she still managed to get up every day and get them taking care of animals in 4-H, which was incredible. But my little sister, she's seen it. She's raised an animal. She's seen it slaughtered. And she just, it, she's just like, yep, that's what happens. And, um, doesn't phase her at all. As, as a matter of fact, she like, has been so hands-on she feels like she could be like a veterinarian because the like that arena just doesn't bother her at all and yeah. so there's that side of it too like you meet somebody like my sister she's kind of like into like gory stuff i guess like she could be a police officer on like crime scenes with like i don't know mm. blood and guts <laughs> on the ground and yeah. it wouldn't face her so yeah how do I parent? I guess that is yeah. a very tough road to go down and learn. And the only right way to do it is what going with your gut and feeling it out. And every there's no one size fits all. And yeah, so that's it's an everyday battle. <laughs> yeah. And there is something to be said about, uh, you know, like I'm very much a person who says like to each his own i'm going to give you all of the facts and then you are in charge of making your own decision and your own life because that is the way that you know i would have wanted to be raised right where anything that as long as you have researched and as long as you are comfortable and you have explored every avenue then whatever you choose to do is on you. Yeah. So I think yeah. that the way you're going about it is, is, uh, is good because, you know, you're, you're going to let them make their own choices and you're showing them um, the way to be by living it. Yeah. Setting an example. Exactly. Yep. Um, you've got my, my wheels turning on my, it, it's like my family's kind of divided, truly. And it's not a bad thing, but it just is how we are right now. Um, but it does make me wonder what things would look like in the future once my son starts to grow older. Because in my personal experience, I feel, I felt very like violated and betrayed and lied to once I started watching all of these documentaries and like, in my, you know, late 20s, early 30s, I was thinking to myself, why didn't anyone tell me about this? You know, why didn't I know about this? And um, like, it's this big secret, you know, um, and it is surprising in America compared to other parts of the world, because in other countries, they have these graphic warnings on animal products and, um you know, obviously drugs and alcohol. Uh, and they, they're much more kind of what we're talking about is like, do you scare them or do you just wait till it's the right time? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a tough balance. Um, but I do feel like I wish I would have known 
a long time ago, at least known. And then, yeah, you can make your own decision, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're getting uh, to our last like seven minutes here. I wanted to um, give you a chance to tell people how to reach out to you and, and what you have going on. And Sure. Oh, thank you for that. Well, it is funny because uh, kind of the last part of my tagline about how I'm still trying to build my identity is I still don't really know where I belong other than um, being a parent, being a mom. And I have all of these like niche um, areas in my life that I feel like I'm really good at. And I, I spend a lot of time in those areas but not one of them is like anything big. It's all just small stuff, right? Uh, so my 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 favorite part of who I am today is I'm, I'm a home chef. I'm passionate about food. I'm passionate about health food. I love salad. I've always loved salad, and I've been even more so like gung ho about salad um, once I became vegan uh, and. I will post on my Instagram, which is called, I, what did I change it to? Um, it's not malicious is my tag. Okay. And um, I just do that for fun. I post videos and I post pictures of food that I make, uh, recipes that I use to make all these things from home, like where I got it from, uh, yeah. who was the blogger or who was the, the, what, uh, other Instagram person did I find it from? And I really enjoy that part. Um, some of my, I feel like I kind of was born to be like a, a volunteer, a philanthropist. Like I just love to give really yeah. no expectation of anything in return. <laughs> and my husband's always like, they're going to pay you for that. Right. And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. like I, I want to share, like yesterday, I was just at a, a sandwich shop here and they don't have any vegan options. And I just casually said to the guy at the counter, I said, you know, um, I hate to pry, but if you happen to ever think about adding a vegan option to your menu, like I'd love to help you come up with some ideas. And he was like, actually, da 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 da. And <laughs> They already were trying to revamp their menu. He said, I have vegan cookbooks on my nightstand and I've been trying to, you know, thumb through them and find a good idea for a sandwich. And I was like, I'd love to help. Can I get your email? And it, it turned out to be the owner. Wow. And so I emailed him and, you know, that's always like that hard um, road. Like, do you go down, like, are they going to be offended and be like, get out of my business or are they going to be welcoming? And he was so welcoming. And so I kind of offered it. I was like, well, I'd love to, here's my ideas. And I'd love to help you in the kitchen if you would want help. Um, Cause I kind of suggested making a cashew sauce if he wants to kind of go all out um, or some other like kind of more um, inventive ideas with ingredients he doesn't already have in their kitchen. And so I feel like that part of me is more like um, volunteering to help. So um, on my Instagram, I have a 
blog and I don't have much on there at all, but if you go to it, there's a free section that I had the free pantry and freezer items that I think that everybody should kind of like have stocked in their kitchen. So you can go to my blog and download that little um, uh, sheet for free. And um, yeah, kind of just follow along and see what else we come up with. I think that posting videos is one of my favorite ways to share with people and vice versa, watching videos of people and the food they make is just so inspiring to me. It always gets my gears turning. Yeah. That's the biggest part of what I like to do. I'm also an artist, so I make, I draw logos and I draw flowers. Um, uh, my husband and I own a sticker business. And so I get to participate in kind of like the back office side of things uh, for that. Um, but yeah, if you find me on my non-malicious page, you can kind of see all the fingers spreading off. <laughs> um, but I think that's just about it. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. So if uh, anyone is watching now or on the replay or listening to this podcast, um, please look up Tasha, uh, check out her food. Um, I am excited to see what happens next for you and how, where you go with this and um, to follow along on your story. Thank you. I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for having me today, tonight. This was great. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and share. Um, advantage of that freebie, because that's one of the first things I wanted to know. As soon as you said like you helped other people with a list of what they should have in their fridge and freezer, I was like, Hmm, I wonder if she gives that list out. <laughs> so I'm really glad to see that you do. Um, so definitely take advantage of that. And um, thank you for watching another episode of Galit Speaks. And I will see you next week uh, for another topic. Have a great night, everyone. Bye.